Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our time of ministry in the Word of God and our Bible study. I trust God that you're doing well, you and your loved ones. You are enjoying the goodness of the Lord in this season. He's so good. He's so faithful. He's so merciful. What a blessing uh, for us to be able to come together again around his word tonight. Precious opportunity that he has given to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I thank you again so much for joining us wherever you are joining us from in the world and on whatever platform you are joining us. Thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. I'm excited about the word. I say that um, just about every service. It's true. I am really excited about the word. The word of God is life-changing and it is amazing what God's word will do in our lives when we will take it, whenever we take it literally and when we commit to building our lives on it. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, let's share a word of prayer and, and dive right into the word of God tonight so we can, um, we can cover as much ground as possible before our time is up. Father, we thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness and your loving kindness to us. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Here we are again. Uh, what a blessing. What an opportunity you've given to us, Lord, to be able to come around your word with the saints. I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters, everyone that is online with us tonight. Wherever they are joining us from, Father, I pray your blessings upon them and their families in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you show up for them in the midnight hour. I ask, Father God, that you would do the supernatural in their lives. You do the amazing, that you fulfill your word in every life. I give you all the glory, and I give you all the praise, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Welcome again. We're talking. We have been talking. It's such a glorious um, series of teachings and lessons on guarantees for success and divine guidance. Guarantees for success and divine guidance. True success comes from God alone and he guarantees it for his covenant children. You remember our three anchor scriptures, Second Samuel chapter 23 verse 5, David said, is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made with me an everlasting covenant. His agreements are arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and my success. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you would observe to do uh, you will meditate in it day and night and observe to do according to all that is written therein. For, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You and I are the understood subject of that instruction. And then First John or Third John um, verse, verse 2, it says, I wish, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Um, we know the Living Bible says that he desires that it is well with you, every aspect of your life, that you are healthy in your body, that it is well with you in your mind, in your soul, and that you prosper according to the will of God. Um, God's 
plan for you and for me is that we succeed. He guarantees our success. We know that success is turning out well in life to have a favorable or a desired outcome. And we know that uh, the success that God has for his children is true and lasting success, not just ephemeral success, not just success that fades away after a few years, amen, but true and lasting success, success that is reproduced. Generations even beyond you, generations after you are gone, that that success continues to happen in your life and in your family and in your ministry, your calling, whatever you are called to do. Amen. But we've also established that the difference between true and lasting success, which God gives, and um, temporary success or failure, which that's not what God gives, the difference between those two is really the foundation of your life. If Christ is the foundation of your life, is the, if the word of God is the foundation of your life, and if it is a strong foundation, if it plays a major role in the decisions you make, in the steps you take, in the directions you follow, then you will truly succeed. You will know and you will enjoy and experience true and lasting success. Success is really the work of grace. Amen. When you receive grace, when you engage grace, when you maximize grace in any area of your life, you will succeed. You will succeed. Um, recently, over the last two services, our main theme scripture has become 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. Paul said, let's read this from the King James. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Hallelujah. I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. When grace meets abundant labor, opportunity explodes, manifestation happens, and success is created. When grace meets abundant labor, we have established success really sits upon these two important pillars. Grace that God gives and abundant labor that man, that we need to exert, we need to be engaged in. When God gives us grace and we receive his grace and we embrace his grace and we maximize his grace, and then when we meet it, when we join that grace 
with abundant labor, opportunity will explode, manifestation will happen, and success will be created in every area of our lives. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And last week in our last service, we started looking at the things that constitute abundant labor. I know that some of these notes uh, I have shared with us, and I'm going to just quickly read through them. I know that much later in our series of lessons, we're going to come back and talk about grace, but this was just like a, a taster. Uh, when grace meets abundant labor, opportunity explodes, manifestation happens, success is created. Everything begins with grace. And whenever there is grace and abundant labor, success is guaranteed. Nobody will ever succeed at anything they are not graced for. Grace is one of the most significant indicators of your potential success. So follow grace in your decisions, follow grace in your pursuits, and follow grace in your investments, and you will succeed. Never pursue anything you are not graced for. Never pursue anything you are not graced for. Um, last week, we um, studied the abundant labor of prayer. Looking at the life of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. And I know that I really was having us go to the book of Daniel to study a few things so that we could talk about the spirit of excellence. But of course... Um, the way the Holy Spirit led us last week, um, we took time to really talk about the abundant labor of prayer. The fact that the first abundant labor, the first labor that must be abundant in the life of every believer is prayer. I hope you, I hope you were a part of our service last week. If you were not, please, please, please go back and listen to it. The first labor that must be abundant in the life of every believer is the labor of prayer. Prayer changes things, my friends. Prayer is what paves the way for the supernatural. Prayer is what makes grace work effectually in our lives. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Tremendous power available. So if we want to succeed, we must be people of prayer. Now somebody says, but Pastor Warren Buffett doesn't pray that much. You may be right. Do you want to be successful like Warren Buffett, just like Warren Buffett? I think God has something better for you and I than that. Maybe Warren Buffett is successful in finances. But he may not be such a great success in other areas of his life. We don't know. What we do know is God's word is prescription for life. And God's word tells us that God has success prepared for us that covers every area of our life. Not just one area. Not just one area where people say, oh, they are successful in their finances. Oh, wow, they have a great business. Oh, wow, they have a great ministry. Ooh, they're exploding everywhere in their finances. All of that is awesome. Praise God. I want that too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I don't want that without the other things, the other ones that constitute success. Some of the greatest 
um, um, benefits of success really is peace and joy and sharing love with people that you love. Sharing love and sharing God's affection with people that you cherish in your life. And having those people, amen. And, um, you know, success is not complete without having people to share it with. What's the use, right? What's the use of that, right? Nobody's successful alone by themselves. Mm-mm. You cannot be successful alone without sharing happiness with other people. It's just impossible. So, God has success for us that spans beyond just single areas of our lives. And the first step, the first abundant labor that produces success when we have grace is prayer. And we took a lot of time to talk about that last week. I really didn't know that's where we were going to spend the bulk of our time. But we saw Daniel and the three Hebrew boys and how God revealed to Daniel the mystery that the king had, and God used that to promote them and to to bless them and to elevate them and to make them successful. Let's go back here tonight. Let's go to um, Daniel chapter 1. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1. Let's read a few verses there. And then I'm going to read from my notes about the spirit of excellence because I want to talk to you about that. Remember, um, I gave you a roadmap of where we're going um, I think I did that last week or the service before that and, and talked about how we're going to spend some time talking about the abundant labor that is needed for success. Obviously, the very first one is the abundant labor of prayer. Uh, but then there is the spirit of excellence, having a spirit of excellence in your life. That's part of the labor that produces success. Amen. And we'll read a little bit about that as we go. Then desperation and importunity. The place of desperation and importunity. How badly do you want that success? How badly do you want it? How badly do you want it? Do you, are you just going to, like the first door that gets slammed in your face, are you just going to walk? Are you going to abandon that dream because things are not really working the way you thought they would? When you left home, you thought this was going to be so much easier than it is turning out to be, Okay. So are you quitting? Are you, I mean, how badly do you want to succeed? That's all part of the abundant labor that produces success. Importunity. How, how, how badly do you want it? How desperate are you for it? And then we'll share a few nuggets, a few nuggets of success and talk about a few bolts and knots of success. And I've, I've been transparent and I've told you that one of the reasons this message, this series of lessons is so powerful and so meaningful to me. Of course, it's the word and, and I love the word. Um, but in addition to that is just the fact that um, these are things that I've learned, I've had to learn over the years. And especially some of these areas where I categorize as nuggets or nuggets of success or success nuggets. Are things that I've, I've learned going through long stretches of failure. I mean, even from my beginning, from the beginning of my ministry, or even before I got into the ministry, just years and years of encountering failure and disappointment and pain and sometimes even tragedy, right? Tragedy in personal lives, tragedy um, in other areas, and, and just 
sometimes getting out from there and just kind of having this cloud hang over, over my life, wondering if I would ever accomplish the dreams that I had. I, I, you know, today when I look around and I see what the Lord is doing in, in my life personally, in our ministry, in our family, in, in the things that the Lord has given us to do, I'm totally amazed. And, and I know it's very easy. One can easily take that for granted. Like you just expect su- success is automatic. But um, it wasn't always that way. I mean, right now, wherever I look, it's almost like there's a blessing somewhere. There's a blessing somewhere. Of course, Satan constantly keeps walking and keeps trying to, you know, um, put himself in the picture, <laughs> right? He wouldn't be the devil if he didn't do that, right? Yeah, but there was a time when he was, that was all I saw, actually. All I saw was what he did, was what he was doing. I couldn't see anything else. I read in the Word and the Word of God and the promises that God made, and, and I looked all around me. I just didn't see the fulfillment of those promises. Hallelujah. So it's, it's sometimes easy to, to assume um, what you see, what we see, what I see today is automatic. And yet it's, it is not. It's, it's a process. Actually, years ago, I, I, I ministered a series of messages. I'm talking maybe almost 20 years ago. I, 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 I put together a series of messages. I mean, I probably preached only about two or three parts of it. But I titled that series of messages, Success Process. Success process, and in essentially putting together a lot of the, some of the things that I had learned, but also talking about the fact that success doesn't just suddenly happen. Success happens through a process, and that's true. Success really does happen through a process, right? And you've seen some of that in some of the things we've talked about um, uh, over the last several weeks. Amen. So nuggets of success. We'll talk about that, and then the need for commitment. The, com- the need for commitment and learning to advance through adversity in life. Learning to advance through adversity. And then we'll end up coming back, talking about grace, grace for success. And then finally, we'll talk about the place of our covenant with God and divine guidance that produces um, true and lasting success. But let's take some time today and go back and revisit the spirit of excellence, which is one of the abundant labors that's essential for anyone, any child of God, any individual that hopes to succeed. Let's read a few verses about Daniel. Let's read here, Daniel chapter 1 from verse 3. And the king spoke unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. Notice here that the king, the king of Babylon, was going to bring children from the nation of Israel. Um, When they took that nation captive, they left some of the people there, but he wanted some of the children, some of the young people, some of the youth that had potential for success. And yeah, it's it's really not a mystery. I mean, that's why, you know, you know, most organizations that are hiring people will, you know, do interviews and they look at candidates and based on their limited knowledge, they'll pick people that they think have the potential to succeed at the things they are trying to accomplish. Or athletes, you see, when they do the drafts, right, different teams will pick, you know, prospective 
um, professionals or athletes that they think will help the organization succeed, based on their limited knowledge, they'll do their homework, do their research and study the, the, play, the athletes and go through their whatever the things that they have accomplished in their lives and watch them and even bring them out for some sort of a trial kind of thing and watch them and watch them show up and, and participate in tryouts and things like that. And then based on their limited knowledge, they'll say, oh, this one looks like a miss. I mean, this is a principle that has existed forever, really. <laughs> even during the slave trade, you know, you, I'm sure many, many of us have heard these stories. Like when they went back there, back to, uh, you know, to, to, to the motherland, um, they, they would look at people that they thought had great potential to serve their purpose. And, and um, the, 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 the people who were colonizing different nations and who were buying these slaves and who were transferring them to, to Europe and to the Americas would look at what, in their limited knowledge, what they thought was potential for success. And they would buy those people or take them by force and bring them. Because they had something in mind. They wanted to grow their nations. They wanted to, so they wanted to get the best of the people to come and help them do that. And of course, all of that was ungodly, but uh, but there's a principle there that's really an eternal principle, right? And that's the same principle that this king was operating here. He was going to bring these young people, and he wanted the best. He didn't want just anyone, you know, just haggard-looking and, you know, people who can walk, who can think, who don't have, who don't have clear minds. And, you know, they didn't want that. They wanted the best. They wanted the best of the best, and 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 they found they found Daniel and his and his brothers, his friends, his his buddies. The king spoke unto Ashvinas, the the master of the eunuchs, that he should he should bring certain of the children of Israel out of the king's seed and of the princes, and children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science. And such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldean. So they wanted potential. It's very, very fascinating to me. Even in their limited knowledge, they thought they could pick out the kids that would eventually be successful. Because they looked at certain things. But the truth of the matter is really what, they saw a lot of times were graces that were already at work in the lives of those young people. They couldn't really see the extent to which those young people will apply themselves in abundant labor and engage the graces that they had. Same thing with all of these different uh, groups that I talked about. If people can see potential. Many people can see potential. Sometimes the reason a lot of people are disappointed after a while is they expected beyond what they are seeing. They thought this person certainly could deliver more. This person should have more than this. So they're like, you know, I, I think we're looking for something better than this. But really when you think about it, that grace that made that person seem to have potential was really given by the Lord. There's none of these athletes that came that just by themselves manufactured the gifts and the skills they had. 
but some of them apply themselves more. And certainly in the case of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, the grace of God that was upon their lives, they applied. And you can see the rest of this chapter, you see how they applied themselves in the use, in the operation of that grace. Everyone like them didn't do that. Everyone like them didn't have an excellent spirit. But they did. And that excellent spirit that they had took a lot of work on their part. It took labor. It took commitment. It took determination. It took sacrifice. Sometimes a lot of sacrifice. Burning the midnight oil when everybody else is sleeping. Being willing to do beyond what is required of them. To exert themselves. To put themselves in position. To learn their craft. To work harder than most people. That's what Paul was saying. He says, I worked harder than all of them. But it was not really me. It was the grace of God. The grace of God made it easy. Well, we're talking about the abundant labor that meets with grace and produces success. Amen. And sometimes people want to act like, oh, I don't have any, I don't need to do anything. No, last week we learned about the abundant labor of prayer. It's the same way some people think, well, you know, some people will pray. You know, I can just do the work. No. Everyone, everyone who hopes to succeed and have real success in their lives must participate in the abundant labor of prayer. But prayer is not the only abundant labor that is needed. Look at what he said. Children in whom is no blemish, but well-favored, skillful, discerning, cunning in knowledge, understanding science. Hmm. Understanding science. Such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace who they might teach. So they had the ability to learn their... But... But you see, as we read on here, that Daniel and his bodies um, went beyond just having the potential, just receiving the grace. They actually applied themselves. They applied that grace in their lives. And that ultimately led to their being successful like they were. Let's keep on reading here. He says, so they nourished them for three years. And then he says in verse 6, Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are the ones we call, um, uh, um, uh, you, you know the names we call them, Meshach, Meshach uh, Hanel, Abednego, I think. That's, that's what we, we typically call them, right? Shadrach, sorry, here it is. Here it is in verse 7. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names for, he gave unto, he gave unto Daniel the name Bel- Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Now look at the abundant labor, and look at how he begins right here in verse 8. In verse 8, the Bible says, But Daniel proposed in his heart, he and the three Hebrew boys did, The Amplifier says, Daniel determined in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He determined in his heart that he would not defile himself. That's called sacrifice. That's called priority. That's called self-discipline. That's abundant labor, my friends. It takes 
sacrifice to say, I'm going to do this every single day. First thing I do when I wake up every single day is going to be this. I'm going to do this every single day. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to walk. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to study. I'm going to listen to some inspiring thing. I'm going to then, I'm, I'm going to sharpen my craft. I'm going to go and, and, and work on my skills. And I'm going to develop the things that God has given unto me. And, and I'm going to grow. And I'm going to expand my knowledge. And, and I'm, 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 not going to, I'm, I'm not going to be satisfied with, with, with just what I have learned and what I have received and what I've uh, uh, arrived at this place with. But I'm going to expand my knowledge base. I'm going to grow. I'm going to exalt myself. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to discipline. That is abundant labor. That is ab- so. There is grace. Yes, they had grace, but then they determined we are going to exert ourselves. We're going to make sacrifices. We're going to discipline ourselves. Whether it's with what you do, how you do it what you expose yourself to, what you're eating, what you're drinking. Actually, in this place, they had a lot to do with what they were drinking and what they were eating. They just decided, no, we're not going to do that because that would not allow us to be in the best shape of our lives. So, in order to be healthy and in order to be able to be at our best, to be tip-top in our craft, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make some sacrifices we're going to discipline ourselves. And we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. Reg- and they didn't do it for one day. Because no human being is disciplined for one day. Discipline is something that you do for an extended period of time in your life. That's why it's called discipline. It's not, it's not called discipline because one day, like Esau, one day you saw the pot of porridge and you looked away. And you decided, uh-uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to stick with my birthright here. No, uh, that's not just a one-day decision. That's something you are probably going to have to end up doing every single day for a period of time while that issue exists. While that, that, uh, while that pot of porridge is calling your name and you really want it, right? I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to make sacrifices. I'm determined. I'm committed. As abundant labor. As the spirit of excellence. <laughs> and in verse 9, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And in verse, 13, verse 11, Daniel said to Melzam, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove your servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before you, and the countenance of the children, the other children, and what they eat. And the Bible says in verse 15, at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children we did eat the portion of the king's meat. And Melza, thus Melza took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse, gave them vegetables. Verse 17, look at verse 17. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions. 
Verse 19, and the king communed with them at the end of the ten days, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better. Ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. He found them ten times better. Can I just say, can I just say, can we just agree here, the reason they were ten times better was not just because they received grace. Yes, they did receive grace. But when they received grace, they embraced that grace. They engaged with that grace. They had a spirit of excellence about them. We just read that in verse 8. They determined in their hearts what they were going to do with the grace. These are some of the things that make the difference between people who ultimately succeed in life and those who ultimately fail. You can have Five children from the same parents. And the fact that they all came out of the same parents, same father and mother, does not guarantee that they will all succeed in life. Yes, they probably were raised in the same way. They probably had the same nourishment, had similar education. And, but at the end of the day, it really boils down to each of those individuals. At the end of the day, what happens in each of those lives really boils down to those individuals. What they do, what they do with the grace that they were given. The determinations in their heart. The commitments they make. The sacrifices that they expose themselves to. The discipline that they engage with over a period of time, long period of time. That's why some things are called discipline in education. What's your discipline? That's because it's a discipline. <laughs> and you will not achieve it without discipline in that area. And so ultimately, you have all of these people with potential for success, but really, just a handful of them really do succeed not because God went down the line saying, you should succeed. No, you won't. You will succeed. No, you will not. It was their decision. Their decisions ultimately determined whether they were successful or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think about, think about our Christian lives. All of us, like if you, you have many people who maybe receive their nourishment. Many of us are on this Bible study line together tonight. Some are not. Glory to God. God bless them. They are busy or some of them have to work or different things. All right, God bless them. But all of us will not end up at the same level spiritually. It is impossible. It is absolutely impossible. Someone can say, well, you know, we all love the Lord. You know, we are all Christians. We all go to the same Ministry, we're all tight, we give, we all, you know, show up, we smile, we encourage one another, we 
we are on the same text group and shouldn't we all have similar success? No, no, we can't. Because there are decisions each of us as individuals must make that ultimately determine our levels and degree of success. Well, Daniel and his bodies determined that they were going to walk in excellence. They determined they were going to, and because they determined they were going to walk in excellence, success became guaranteed for them. The Bible says right here, they were ten times better. Not just in a few matters. Look at that verse 20. In all matters of wisdom and understanding. In all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. In all matters. Somebody say with me, in all matters. Not in one, not in two, not in three. In all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better. Hallelujah. He found them ten times better than their peers. And we've already talked about this. There's a place that prayer plays. There's a role that prayer plays. In every craft, in every discipline, in every career, in every calling, there's a role. Prayer must be number one. But then, following up behind prayer, there are a number of other things that determine how much success each of us can attain unto. As a matter of fact, a lot of times, we determine the level of our success. We determine how high we rise. We determine how far we go. Some say, well, but Pastor, we, we all read the same Bible. Shouldn't we all have the same? Yeah, we should. But because we don't all make the same determinations, and because we don't all have the same discipline, and because we all don't make the same sacrifices, some are going to end up being far more successful in different areas of their lives than the others. Yes, grace is given. The Lord gives grace. We've already talked about grace, and we will talk more about grace in the future. Grace is given, but beyond grace, there is abundant labor. Remember, when grace meets abundant labor, opportunity explodes. Manifestation happens. Success is created. Even opportunities that are available to you, opportunities that are available to me, many times, are de- they are dependent on the, dis- the determinations that we make. The decisions that we make. Opportunities that are made available. There are, you know, like the United States is called a land of opportunities. You know that's true. But what does that mean, really? I recently met a gentleman who, who owns a business uh, in, in uh, Garcia. He and I kind of hit it off immediately. Um, because he's into soccer, and I'm into soccer. He loves, he loves the Mexican national um, soccer team. And, of course, you know, I have my own teams. And, of course, we hit it off talking about soccer first. But I found that he was telling me stories about himself, how he, you know, he, he grew up um, in the United States and how he started this business and how he 
hires people, employs people, and he talks about how people send to him all the time, uh, asking him to send them money, asking him to give them things. And, and in his mind, they could be doing more than they're doing. Because he says many times they're just sitting there doing nothing, talking about how times are hard and this, but they think he's wealthy, he has so much wealth that he should be distributing and giving them everything they need, right? And he said to me, this, con- this is a land of opportunities. Why is it that in this land of opportunities, there are people who are begging? Why is it in this land of opportunities, there are people who, who, who don't have their needs met? Why is it in this land of opportunity, there are people who are homeless under the bridge? Why is it that in this land of opportunity, there are so many people who are complaining? And he said, he, he, he said to me, he said, his own was Garcia. He said to me, he said, it's because they don't want to work. He said they don't mix up because there's work. <laughs> and, and, and he knew what he was talking about because he told me, he told me, even in his business, the kind of people he hires. He said there is work. It's a land of opportunities. But it's only a land of opportunities for those who will apply themselves. It's only a land of opportunities for those who will be willing to go beyond the average thinking, the average, like Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. Bible says they were 10 times better. If average was good, why did God put 10 times better in the Bible? If average was holy. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us now. If average was acceptable in our craft in our callings, in our ministries, in our business, in our finances, in our different... If average was acceptable in our aspirations in life, why is it that God didn't put this... He, put, he didn't say, Daniel, uh, uh, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, and, and look at how glorious it was for them. They were all average. Oh, how beautiful. Heaven loved it. And let's write about it. Why didn't that happen? No, it didn't because that's, that's not God's best for any one of his people. It's not, it's not God's best for us. It's not God's best for me. To be average. No. When grace meets abundant labor, opportunity explodes. So that means there's opportunity. If somebody said, but there's no, I don't see opportunity, then, then there's no abundant labor. If there is grace, that means if you did mathematics, very simple. A, 1, 1 plus 3 equals 4. Right? If you don't end up with four and you have one, it means three is absent. So if there is no opportunity, but you have grace, there is only one thing absent, and it is called abundant labor at different levels. I know this is a little technical, but it's very easy for all of us. We understand this. Grace meeting abundant labor, opportunity will explode. And if people tell you there are no opportunities, there's something lacking. They're either lacking in grace or they are lacking in abundance. It's very simple. It is very, let's not even, let's not over-spiritualize this. If somebody says, oh, pastor, I've, I've prayed, I'm praying, oh, glory to God, oh, shabbat, shabbat, shabbat. I pray, Lord, I pray, oh, I pray, but Lord, there are no opportunities. I know they are missing something. I know because it's very simple for me. Grace plus abundant labor equals opportunity. If somebody tells me, oh, pastor, 
I'm, I'm doing everything. But, but there's, there's no opportunity. They are missing one or two things. They are either missing grace or they are missing abundant labor. If you have grace and if you have abundant labor, opportunity will explode for you. There is no way, unless the word of God is not true. Unless the word of God is not true. My goodness, we got to close. This has become very technical. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. Let's read this a little bit here. When, when we come back, I read my notes. I can't do it tonight, obviously. I read my notes about the spirit of excellence. But let's read this here in Daniel chapter 6. Let's read from verse 1 to 3. Let's read this here. It says, He pleased Darius. Let's read Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, and then we'll read 25 to 27. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. Why is he putting them over? Why is he making one first? What is it that determines who is first and who is last? Where we all have grace. And the Bible says the first shall be last, the last shall be What is it that determines that? And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. See, the king didn't want damage. He didn't want losses and failures. Verse 3, Then this Daniel was preferred above the princes and the presidents. Why? He tells us, because an excellent spirit, an excellent spirit was within him. An excellent spirit. How did he know? Did the king go inside him and to see the excellent spirit? Did the king... Did Help me, Holy, help me, Holy Spirit. Did the king open Daniel up and to see the excellent spirit inside? How did he know? How did the king know that Daniel had an excellent spirit? How can you and I tell if somebody has an excellent spirit? Do we have to open them up? Do we have to pray in tongues for five hours so that the Lord can reveal it? No, 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 no. How can you? It's very easy. It's very, very simple. I know sometimes we like to deceive ourselves. We talk about, oh, it's so mysterious. We don't understand it. It's not true. It's not mysterious at all. Many times the answers are staring us right in the face. We just don't want to accept it. How can you tell if somebody has an excellent spirit? How can you tell if somebody, Amplified Amplify said it was distinguished, Daniel was, how can you tell if somebody is distinguished? Is it by looking at how much grace they have? Because we know they have grace. We know there's grace. Is that how you can tell somebody has an excellence? No. No. How? By looking at what they are doing. By looking and observing consistently, regularly what they are doing. If you are constantly having to run after them, if you are constantly having to tell them, if you are constantly having to send them reminders, if you are constantly having to what, if you have to make additional plans so that if they don't do what they are supposed to do, somebody else can do it or it doesn't get not done so you don't have damage. It's very, the Bible said the king did not want damage. So you can tell when there are some people where you know you have to create a lot of arrangements so that you don't have damage. 
You know they don't have an excellent spirit. You know they don't. You don't, it's, it's not, you don't need a revelation. And when you know, when you see other people that are just on their game, they don't need reminders. In fact, they will be the ones sending you reminders. They will be the one telling you, oh, this needs to be done, that, and I've already taken care of this, by the way. You didn't think about it yet, but I already, yeah, you know, that one has an excellent spirit. You, damage minimal. Damage non-existent. The ones where you have to constantly, constantly, you do it, you do it for a period of six months, you better don't sleep on it because you, 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 you are coming back. Seven months later, you are coming back to do exactly the same thing. And two years later, there's even no growth. You can't really just say, oh, well, maybe they can step up into something. No, 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 no. Because five years later, they are going to be exactly in the same spot, doing exactly the same thing, repeating the same old things they've always done. You know, they don't have an excellent spirit. Don't even pray about it. You can tell it's very clear. Forgive me for saying that. It's very clear. You think the king prayed? The king prayed as I knew Daniel had an excellent spirit. No. You could tell. You could see it. People are praying. I remember preaching one time um, in, in, um, somewhere in Pennsylvania. And I was praying. I said, see, people, people pray this prayer. God, elevate me. God, lift me up. God, promote me. I said, don't waste your time praying those kind of prayers. That's a waste of time. You're just wasting your time. Well, because the Bible says promotion comes, does not come from the West, does not come from, it comes from God, right? God lifts one up, he puts another down. But it tells us how, on what basis. God said, they that honor me, I will honor. It's very simple. And then he says in the Acts, God elevated David. He pulled Saul down and he elevated David. You think the reason David was elevated is because he knew how to pray prayers of elevation. He prayed it a hundred times every day. Elevate me, elevate me, elevate me, elevate me, elevate me, elevate me, elevate me. Ele- no, stop wasting your time. No. The reason David was elevated was because he did what people do in order to qualify for God's elevation. That's very simple. Promote me. Promote me. Pray it 1,000 times in the morning, 1,000 times in the afternoon, 1,000. Forget that you're wasting your time. Hmm? God said, I will honor. And David honored God. And God honored him. God elevated him. And Saul dishonored God and God pulled him down. It's very simple. He was the tallest man in the nation, but God pulled him down. Very simple. The spirit of excellence. The Bible says he was preferred above. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Our time is up here today. Thank you, Jesus. What a service. I've gone way over. 50 minutes. Gone way over today. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I got, I got carried away. But this is so powerful. This is so, so powerful. Set him above. Set him above. Set him above. Says there in verse 4, the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion or fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. You could never mark Daniel down because he didn't do his job. It was impossible. You couldn't note him. You could not cite him for not doing his work. It was not, it, that was not possible. You say, I'm praying. You ask, well, have you, have you finished that project? Oh, I've, I've been so busy praying. Wait. I remember some, one time, I think uh, one of, I think it was Rod Pasley, Pastor Rod Pasley or somebody who, you know, this, I don't think it was Pastor, somebody, 
He was preaching on the anointing. He was talking about the unction to function. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is unction to function. This person, he said, uh, was, was very anointed, was uh, an administrative staff in an organization. She's a believer. She's a Christian. You know, they, they gave her this job. Have you done it? Oh, I was just praying, praying the Holy Ghost. Shabbat, praying, praying, praying. They asked, have you, have you finished that? No, no, I was just praying. As, as, oh, the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit was upon me. I was just taking time to pray. They came back again after two weeks. Have you finished? Oh, oof. No, no, no. They fired him. Fired her, I should say. And, and this minister of the gospel was saying, the unction to function as the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you is for you to produce. It's not for you to be praying on the job. Yeah, pray on the job, but the people who hired you didn't hire you to pray. If they wanted someone to pray, they would hire you to pray. Right? They probably already have their arrangements for prayer. Right? You were hired to do something. Whatever you were hired to do, demonstrate, prove it, show it, give us some results. Why does there have to be so much drama all the time? Get this job done. Have a spirit of excellence. You will succeed. Let's close. You will succeed. Hallelujah. You will succeed. Success is very easy. Grace plus abundant labor. Let's read these last two verses here. Daniel chapter 6, 25 to 27. You see this. Then, the, then King Darius wrote unto all the people, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that we shall that shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be seen unto the end. He delivers and he rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of all of from the powers of from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered. This Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Let's close. He prospered. It was not just because he was given grace. Yes, he was given grace, but he prospered because an excellent spirit was found within him. My prayer for you is that you will have an excellent spirit. Whatever you've been called to do, you will have an excellent spirit. And that excellent spirit will not just be hidden within you. You would have to be telling people all the time, I have an excellent spirit. I have, can't you see? I have an, no. What helps them see is what you are doing, is what you are producing. A prayer for you is that you will truly have an excellent spirit so that you can lay hold on the success that God has for you. Father, we honor you tonight. Oh, we give you the glory and the praise. What a glorious service. Thank you for, for, for your mighty move, precious Holy Spirit. Gosh, Thank you so much. We feel your presence so strong. We feel your presence so strong. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I speak your blessings upon your people that this word will produce in their lives. Every single one of them. Bless them and their families. Cause your grace to distinguish them. Let the excellent spirit that they determine and propose to have Lord, let that excellent spirit enable them to excel. Let it cause opportunities to explode. Let it cause manifestations to happen. Let it cause success to be created around them and for them. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Oh yeah. We went on for very long again tonight, saints. Glory be to God. I hope you got something. I hope you got it. I hope you got it. I hope you got it. I feel so full tonight. Praise God. Thank you again for being a part of this service. Thank you. We're out of time. God bless you for being here. I pray that everything you've received and everything you've heard will make a difference in your future, make a difference on your journey. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you again next week. Good night.